Welcome back to the program. Final hour of the show, and we're not done yet. Glad to have you on board today on this Thursday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Joining us now uh, over on the hotline, our buddy Kevin Holden, CBS 58 in Milwaukee. Uh, joining us, Kevin, how you doing, pal? Bill, it's all good, man. Hope uh, hope December's treating you well. I like the fact that uh, football season got real dreary in October and November, and now all of a sudden it's it's right back in the middle with all the changes going on in the state and changes coming uh, in the near future. So I've got a little little new energy here for December. Well, let, let's start with uh, energy. Packers are off, so they're going to come back ready to go. They get a win over Chicago. They're not mathematically eliminated. Got a little bit of hope. Get, yeah. Give me your thoughts, because you and I really haven't talked a whole lot during this season. Give me your thoughts just on the season itself. I mean, obviously, in terms of, of expected performance versus performance, it's just it's it, obviously an extreme disappointment. I mean, it is starting with a defense that was supposed to be, I thought, a carrying point of this team and has been anything but. Uh, and I think that's the thing that's got to be addressed, you know, when the season's over, they got to look at, Joe Barry, they got to look at Jair Alexander for whatever that's worth. They've got to look at a lot of stuff, and uh, that's the unfortunate part. The 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 new part, <laughs> excuse me, the fun part of all of this is receiving wise. They found a couple of guys. I mean, Christian Watson's outburst has been really more necessary than anything. I, I don't know if Christian Watson would have had the chance to do this on old Packers teams. But uh, now he's had a chance to become really the centerpiece and the receiving core going forward. Romeo Dobson, he's healthy, should be good. The weird thing about it is we entered the season with a giant question mark at wide receiver, and we're leaving the season with some optimism at receiver and question marks almost everywhere else on the roster. What an odd year. So, I, I mean, I know Christian Watson has really come on. Obviously, Sammy Watkins really hasn't panned out. We know that Randall Cobb was healthy, playing well, and then he went down with the injury just like he does every year. Now he's back. Uh, you know, Alan Lazard is solid but not great. But do you think this offense is, we'll say, figured out because they're scoring more points here down the stretch? Yeah, I think – I really do think there's been a long game that's been played here uh, on the part of Aaron Rodgers. And – and it wasn't wrong in theory. In other words, okay, so the, the Packers knew they needed more than just a ground game, I think, if they, if they were going to be, uh, you know, competitors in the NFC. They were going to need these things. And so early on, it meant forcing opportunities to guys like Watson and Romeo Dobbs because at some point they were going to have to improve faster than rookies would normally have to improve. Usually you got a couple of years. So they didn't have a couple of years. They're going to compete they had to get to there right now and it paid off with Watson because when that switch went to on when he got healthy and and started catching touchdowns he's he's a sight to see but uh it's it's the interesting thing about it is obviously the the you know as far as being competitive for the playoffs that's something that's just not going to happen I mean they're either going to get eliminated in the you know in the next week or two or it's coming very soon uh but uh but optimism for the future is a, a really good thing and I think now that they've got Watson, you know, in a very good place and they've got a good ground game, they're they're kind of a dangerous team in these last several weeks. Like if I was the Rams or even the Vikings if they're playing for a one or two seed, I don't know if I want to play a team like the Packers in the in the season's final month. I could see them at least offensively putting it together. Uh are you in the uh, camp of you got to see Jordan Love? I I was in that camp before the Bears game. <laughs> right? 
in other words, not not to say that I'm jumping the gun, but if you if you really want to see it, if you really want to know what Jordan Love can bring for you in the years to come, you needed to see him in a high pressure game and perhaps a game where fans are screaming and yelling at him in the middle of the pressure and all that stuff. I mean, it's one thing to see Jordan Love in, in week 17 or 18 which could mean nothing. And I mean, honestly, it's increasingly likely that those weeks don't mean a thing. Uh, but it would have been another thing to see him in Chicago. I think that that would have told you a lot about where he was in his development and, and all that stuff going forward. So I, I'm still in that camp. It just, I, I think that was the golden opportunity to see him. Monday night football will be fun. That road game at Miami will be a nice test. Uh, but honestly, you know, having not done it now, I think your sample size, unless you make that change right now, that sample size is small. And now I'm getting increasingly the, the sense, the idea that that change isn't going to happen in the next week or two. So I, I don't know. I, I was and now I'm not because I, I think they may have missed a window here. The uh, Aaron Rodgers and his, well, it's got to be a mutual decision for him to come back. And then Goody saying, yeah, we want him back and we're going to talk about it and this and that. I mean, I know that here we go again with another quarterback that's going to waffle, that's going to go back and forth. I get the sense, though, that it's maybe going to be a couple of weeks. Roger's coming back. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I, I think 95% of me says he's back next year. Give me your thoughts on what's upcoming next year and more so what's coming this offseason. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Rodgers, uh, you know, for for the off seasons of drama that we've dealt with, and, and not just Rodgers, obviously, but going back before that, uh, I I think – Rodgers would like to have himself free of all of that uh, earlier if he can. You know, I, I, I don't I don't think there are any overarching statements about, uh, you know, the future of the franchise or whatever. I think, you know, if, if Rodgers is going to play, he's going to make the decision to play. If he's not, he'll make that decision, too. So it it should get into place earlier. That's going to help a lot because the Packers have a lot of other things to focus on in the offseason. And I mean, maybe the most that they've had. I mean, I've been here 13 years, and the only other offseason I can remember like this one that's coming up is the one where they hired Matt LaFleur because you had to change direction. You had to have a guy that, that fit what you wanted, uh, and then you had to build staff around him. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be that level from from player changes uh, to, you know, coaching changes, you know, coordinator changes. I mean, I, I think it's going to look way different by next year. It almost has to because you can't really – take what's happened this year and validate it for another year. I mean, you got you got to change a lot of stuff because the the Packers are still a prideful organization with a lot of talent and I mean, you can't you can't let 2022 be the norms. Probably the best way to say it. Uh, I want to switch over. We're talking with Kevin Holden, the CBS 58, uh, joining us uh, out of Milwaukee. So that's some Packers show. I do want to talk a little bit Brewers baseball because uh, the Brewers, obviously, with David Stearns stepping down, Matt Arnold taking over, the Colton Wong trade, the Hunter Renfro trade. Give me your thoughts on the direction of this team right now and where they're at. It's, it is. Uh, part of being a Brewers fan in recent years is it's become increasingly difficult to get to this time of year and to watch things go on with other teams. Not that, you know, not that Aaron Judge was coming to Milwaukee or Xander Bogarts or anything like that, but uh, it's, you know, this has been the time in, in previous regimes before the last several years where there would be some sort of seismic shift. And, I mean, it's, it's increasingly the case that, that that's not what they do. And the Brewers have, have developed this sort of identity. You know, the more I thought about this this offseason, the more I think the Brewers – 
are basically modeled after the Tampa Bay Rays. That this is this is what they want to do. And the Rays play, uh, you know, in a in a ballpark in a situation in Tampa where they don't really draw fans, where the payroll is at the bottom. So they've they've learned to figure out how to find players and value players in a different way, uh, but still to return some value from it. So the the good news about that is, if their system of valuation is good you'll have a you know a consistently decent team. I don't know I'm ta- talking about necessarily a competitor, but at least a good team year to year. The downside of it is if they're valuing guys different than everybody else, then it means the people that we know, the people that we know have value aren't the people they're getting. And and it makes for uh depressing off seasons a little bit. I mean not you know, again, not that not that what's happening is bad, but that, uh, you know, sometimes the fan base gets energized with a good free agent signing, and it just hasn't been the case the last few years. I was going to ask you about that. So what does this team need to energize its fan base to energize this team? I mean, I know they're relying on some young guys to, to you know, come up and, and get the job done, but if I'm a Brewers fan and I'm sitting here going, you know, what the hell happened to last season that had so much promise, and now what are they doing to make it better? Or are we in somewhat of a uh, a small financial downturn reboot right now, just hanging on to your own, making a few deals, trying to get a few bats? I Look, the Jesse Winker thing, I'm not a fan of. After reading what uh, I heard uh, about him and, you know, kind of being a non-clubhouse guy, so to speak, and, uh, I, you know, some of the things I heard about him even coming out of Cincinnati, not a big fan of this move. Yeah, it's, it, it's not consistent either with what the Brewers have done. One of the things that they've, done in this era starting with you know 2017 2018 when they started to be playoff uh you know competitors every year was they had the really good clubhouse the 2018's clubhouse with curtis granderson uh with all those young guys the young pitchers i mean that was it was a it was a good clubhouse you could tell the chemistry was good and the guys were good so yeah if any, anything that messes with that idea is uh it is going to be a little bit of an issue in terms of energizing the fan base the number one thing that they could do is to get a press conference together and sign Corbin Burns to some gigantic deal and put the fan base uh, fears to rest about talented players leaving because you're starting to hear from the team itself. You heard from Craig Council during the winter meetings about the hater trade and the reaction to it. I mean, Craig Council said it. We got that one wrong," he said. "You got to put your hand up and say it and admit it. You got that one wrong. They they thought that the idea of getting value back from Hater when they did was the right call, but they didn't take completely into account his effect on the clubhouse. And I think there's where the crisis, maybe crisis is a strong word, but there there's where the situation is going forward. How do they handle that with Corbin Burns, who appears to me to be a good clubhouse guy? Brandon Woodruff was very clearly a good clubhouse guy. Mm-hmm. Like these are. Uh, you know, you've got to figure out how to handle that. It's a tough situation because they're going to demand ridiculous amounts of money. They're good pitchers, and and that's that's where you got to go from here. But yeah, to energize the base, I think you got to you know not only say that Hater was a mistake, but maybe do your best to avoid doing it again. What does this team need? I mean, obviously you want to keep your pitching, especially at this point in time, and you obviously need to bolster your bullpen. But 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 to go back to being a legit contender in the Central. What else does this team need? It needs the, – the number one thing I think they need is is a center-of-the-order masher kind of bat. And the, the trouble and one of the reasons why this has gotten upside down for the Brewers is they they had one 
he's on the roster still. He's just not that guy anymore. Chris right. Yelich, not 2018, 2019, uh, you know, material. He's being paid that way because that's how it works with the contracts, but but you're not getting that level of performance. So there's there's two ways to do it. You could find 2019 for Yelich, and, man, if you figure that out and bottle it, give me give me a case of it shipped to my house because I want, I want a whole lot of 2019 in my life. Uh, but the other option is to go get that bat again, to find it either at first base, right field, possibly DH. And, you know, Winker is strictly from a bat standpoint, a good addition, but he's not that addition. So that that's that's where this team could go over top. If you could combine really good, strong starting pitching top to bottom with an offense that would be average and have a masher in the middle of the order, it changes everything. And that's, you know, it's not easy to go do, especially in a small market, but that's that's the, the hole. I mean, it's it's either Yelich or, or a new Yelich, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. No, I completely agree. I it, I I still think you, you got to bolster the bullpen. You still need, like you mentioned, a couple of bats. Obviously, center field is going to be turned over to the rookie, right? Yeah, Garrett Mitchell. And I, I was surprised. One of the things that surprised me about getting Winker on board was I thought that the Brewers would take two or three spots there uh, in their outfield slash DH combination and turn that over to young guys. I mean, I think I think Garrett Mitchell's just the beginning. If you've got a small market team with talent in the minor league system, I think they're going to want to give those guys a shot. Bryce Terang in the infield, I think, is about to get a shot. And that's uh, it, it's exciting because those are players that are homegrown that can be around for a while. They, you know, in baseball system, you can, you know, they'll be here long enough to grow attached to them, which is kind of cool. And uh, it's, it, it's a plus for a couple of years down the road, but it's not often that, someone comes in and becomes a masher like a middle of the order guy right away as a as a rookie it's pretty rare so they're i think they're going to end up with a lot of youth and maybe a lot of youth that plays a lot and you're going to ride some ups and downs with that for for maybe the first year or two but it will be fun i like garrett mitchell i think garrett mitchell at his peak for me could be a leadoff hitter honestly he's got speed he's aggressive like i he's the guy that they could have used a couple years ago uh, real quick, who I mean, Wilson Contreras goes to the the Cardinals. The Cardinals are still most likely the favorite in the division. The Cubs haven't done a lot. Cincinnati's not, I, I think, any closer. And Pittsburgh's still in the basement. Give me your thoughts of how these uh, how the division shakes out as of right now. It's it's funny. It's become the 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 broken record of of you know the Cardinals are always tough and they'll always find a way to to produce the talent and sign what they need and they become the most dangerous team, but it's, it's interesting how the rest of that division has just kind of slid off the table. I mean, you know, Cincinnati dismantled for a good chunk of last year. Pittsburgh, like you said, is just lost in this wasteland. So, uh, and I, I mean, the Cubs are, the Cubs are bringing guys on board, but Cody Bellinger of 2022, it's like Yelich. He ain't the same guy that he was three or four years ago. So, I, I mean, with all of that in mind, the Brewers are, even with all the problems that have happened, Brewers start in my mind as a second place team. They just have to do something to to catch the Cardinals, whether it's catching lightning in a bottle with young guys, bringing someone else on board. I mean, that's a pretty good position to be in to start the year. You know, sort of thought of in the division as the as the second place team. It's a it, it's a it's a hell of a lot better than Pittsburgh. I'll tell you that. Right. Yeah. No doubt about it. Kevin, good stuff as always, and I appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. Okay. Bill, much appreciated. Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's keep the energy flowing. I kind of like December so far.
Yep, so far it's good. Yeah, just hang on to it, man. Good stuff. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you soon. There you go. Kevin Holton, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes uh, on the hotline and glad to have him on board and talk a little Brewers baseball, a little Packers football. Always good to talk some hot stove stuff. And Kevin loves baseball anyway, so it's it's a natural to have him on and talk a little bit about it. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at uh, Sunset Grill. It's in Pewaukee. And they uh, they have karaoke, they have bingo, they have a lot of stuff during the week. Really good food, obviously. But if you're going to go there and check out some of the games, they have music in there on the weekends. Still some great sunsets going out over Pewaukee Lake. You can still look out the back door and out, out the back windows and see it. Uh, the deck, uh, on warmer days it's open. Maybe they put the heaters outside, but for the most part that's closed. But the food is still fantastic. The specialty drinks they have during the holiday season are awesome. Check out Sunset Grill on Pewaukee Lake. You won't go wrong. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. More and more now that this uh, this story has been um, out there since earlier this morning, um, the story regarding the Washington Commanders, Daniel Snyder, uh, he permitted and participated in the team's longtime toxic work culture, obstructed a 14-month congressional inquiry by dodging subpoenas, working to, to dissuade and intimidate witnesses from cooperating. It continues to come out. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But the NFL looks horrible in this. And I've been sitting here during breaks reading a lot of this. Um, There was admittedly in a private communication that uh, more than a year ago that Daniel Snyder had a shadow investigation and the abuse of federal courts violated the NFL policy, uh, according to this report and to the NFL, uh, of their own doing. So basically, uh, evidence found by the committee was consistent, the report says, with media reports that Snyder used the Wilkinson investigation early on as, quote, a tip sheet to form an enemies list that was then provided to his lawyers to advance his own shadow investigation. Snyder used a secret communication and common interest agreement with the NFL to prevent the league from turning over more than uh, 40,000 documents from the Wilkinson investigation, which was filed with the committee. The report faulted the NFL for being aware of Snyder's serious interference with the investigation, and they didn't stop it. This This is about as damning indictment as we've had in a long, long, long time regarding the NFL. The committee's 79-page report, uh, which was released today, it comes down hard on the NFL, and it comes down really hard on Roger Goodell, concluding that the league was complicit in Snyder's efforts by not cooperating with a congressional inquiry, burying a 2020-2021 investigation of the commander's workplace led by the attorney Beth Wilkinson. Uh, quote, we saw efforts that we have never seen before. At least I haven't, according to uh, Carolyn Maloney out of New York, who chaired the committee. The NFL knew about it. They took zero responsibility. 
NFL officials were acting like they were doing something. Then they turn around and fixed it so nobody can talk about it. The report is never going to be made public, yet she was supposed to be hired to address the uh, the report, according to uh, you know Maloney telling ESPN, Carolyn Maloney out of New York. The hypocrisy, the coordinated effort to hide what uh, they acknowledged. The NFL saw all these problems and then turned around and hit it. The report cites allegations of harassment and abuse against several other teams says the NFL has put the interests of the league owners ahead of, ahead of the employees and has failed to protect them or ensure that the victims can speak up without fear of retaliation. The NFL chose to bury Miss Wilkinson's findings and whitewash the misconduct it uncovered. And rather than seek real accountability, the NFL aligned its legal interests with Snyder's, failing to curtail the abusive tactics, buried the investigation findings, uh, the shadow investigation that Snyder had in conjunction with Wilkinson, and then basically finding, and, and we talked about this, the private investigators setting them out on a mission to find other bad wrongdoings by everybody from Roger Goodell to other team owners to blackmail them into agreeing with him or hiding evidence. Uh, this is this is kind of, I mean, it's out there, and there's a lot of substance to this. Now, I know it's becoming very political on Capitol Hill. The Republicans want to bury it, and the Democrats want to bring it to the forefront. I, I get all that. I, I don't care about that. But what, what has been brought to the forefront, um, the... the <laughs> is emails of nude women, nearly nude women. Um, John Gruden's emails have now gotten out. Uh, all the things that got him fired. Uh, during the deposition, Snyder was telling investigators, I've said numerous times, I continue to state we apologize for the workplace misconduct, but then did nothing to curtail it. Uh, Snyder admitted using private investigators. He has admitted under oath doing that. He kept saying he did not remember many things, so every time it came to a question that was going to make him look bad, he said, well, I don't recall. In his testimony, he recounted his encounter with private investigator uh, that, that followed him. He also wrote that Snyder once talked with him about hiring other private eyes, numerous private eyes, to follow Commissioner Roger Goodell to get the dirt on him so he could never force him to sell his franchise. This is just, this is just amazing. And you got to go. I, there's too much here for me to get into and, and to give you the full, um, the full, you know, play-by-play uh, play of this. But the the committee basically found that Snyder is a sleaze. He would do anything to hang on to his power and hang on to his franchise and to shut everybody up, including the commissioner. Apparently, whatever he found on the commissioner worked because the NFL worked in conjunction with Schneider for a long time trying to bury a lot of this. And as it came out, as more and more people spoke up and more and more people said, no, this is not the way it is. And more and more people gave emails and and private findings and such behind the scenes. And the investigators were found and, and subpoenaed to Capitol Hill. Everybody started to get the, nobody wanted to go to jail. Everybody's digging the dirt now, dishing the dirt now. So both the NFL and Daniel Snyder look terrible. What's next? The committee staffers recommended that Congress should require the NFL and its clubs 
to all demonstrate compliance with state and federal employment laws as a condition to continue benefit of the federal antitrust exemption as well as tax-exempt bonds used to finance the construction or renovation of sports stadiums. So in other words, we're going to force you to do what we want you to do now. And if you don't, antitrust out the window and all this support that you're getting for public funding, you're done. I mean, this that's about as damning a statement for the NFL financially as the government could possibly give. Now, whether or not they can actually follow through on it and get, get enough people in conjunction behind it, we'll wait and see. But several congressional measures have come out of the commander's investigation. Uh, the uh, committee members uh, have said that, that they want no tax subsidies for stadiums, and they're putting an act together that would eliminate tax breaks used by professional sports teams. Uh, they want that done. The future of the legislation un, un, uncertain, but that's one of the things that come out of it. This has become a tremendously important uh, issue in America, Maloney says. The NFL is one of our most respected corporations and employs a lot of people. Many people look up to the role models. They should be setting a standard and uh, a better example in treating the women and men with respect. And, and that's the way the story kind of ends. But basically, they found that everybody involved in this thing is a scumbag. Uh, the people that were the victims tried to speak up, and they were completely retaliated against. Uh, and the major players involved were dishing dirt on one another and getting dirt on one another, so nobody would tell anybody anything. And it's all just dirty dealings and disgust behind the scenes. And basically, they've said, we've had enough. If you don't comply, if you don't bring everything up to standard, if you don't treat your employees the way they're supposed to be treated federally, then we are going to relieve you of your tax-exempt and antitrust, and we're going to take away your stadium subsidies, and we're done. I hope they do it. I hope they do it. I hope they follow through. I hope this isn't the end. I hope it's just the beginning. We'll wait and see. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find uh, it's over on ESPN, it's... It's in the Washington Post. I mean, all of the paperwork is in the Washington Post. You can read every damn document if you want to do so. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's really it's really damning. It's really damning, and it also says that uh, in an an attempt to throw everybody off of the track of what was going on, that's the reason they leaked the John Gruden emails. But it completely backfired on them. Because instead of going after Gruden and looking into that investigation, it then showed a spotlight on the, uh, quote, investigation to begin with because everybody said the same thing like we did. Uh, out of all of this, out of all the emails, the 650,000 emails, the only thing you found was dirt on John Gruden, who's not even with the organization. That's what ultimately shed the spotlight on the investigation and caused everybody to go, wait a minute. There's some crap below the surface that we just don't see, and sure enough, it's really, it's it's just a depth of muck like we don't ever want to believe. 877-867-1670. Hit us up, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to do so. But it's all money, 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 money. Money. Ugly. Ugly, ugly money. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back, and if you're 
looking to purchase a new home and you want approval and you want a lender and you want somebody that's going to work with you, my guy, the guy that got me done. Uh, Scott Ellis with Homeside Financial, and I used him for my mortgage. He did an outstanding job. Just I can't say enough about it. And he helped uh, people increase their uh, credit scores as well. And uh, just uh, he's he's always available. The best part about it is just whenever I wanted to get a hold of him, I always could. And went through the process, held my hand through the process, kind of, because I'm not great with that kind of stuff. But really did so much. Uh, 25-plus years of experience helping homeowners achieve their dreams. And whether it's a refi or you want to buy now because some people are looking at the prices of homes as they go down and say, you know what, I'll take it now. I'll pay the higher interest rate because later on I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lower my interest rate anyway, but I can get the housing market for a better price. So uh, get a hold of him. Go to scottellisteam.com. That's Scott, S-C-O-T-T, Ellis, E-L-L-I-S, scottellisteam.com. Or call him, 414-791-7771, 414 414- Seven nine one seventy seven seventy one four one four seven nine one seventy seven seventy one and they do a world of good. They really, really do. That's my buddy Scott Ellis uh, from Homeside Financial. Really good people. He's located here in, in Wisconsin too, by the way. Um, <clears throat> this is uh, from our buddy Steve, who says, uh, "Good day, I was hopeful that Matt Arnold uh, would pull off a trade at the winter meetings, but since that didn't occur, I'm now hopeful that uh, he did lay the groundwork to make something happen soon. I would still like to see." One of the Toronto catchers end up here in Milwaukee. I was we were talking about that a little bit earlier today when we had Kevin Holden on. Will they still, at some point, go after uh, go after a catcher? Uh, he also says I was hoping that uh, they would get Reynolds at the trade deadline, and now he has requested a trade. I'm even more hopeful that could possibly happen. Congrats to former Brewer Pat Hughes on being awarded the Ford C Frick Award for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Pat's been overdue for a long time. Uh, I saw that happen. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? But I saw that Pat Hughes is going to get the Ford C. Frick Award um, for Hall of Fame broadcasters. I mean, so many have won it. Um, obviously, uh, Euchre won it not that long ago. Um, my friend Marty Brenneman of the Reds won it not that long ago. I mean, it's that's a tremendous honor to be going into baseball's Hall of Fame in the broadcasting wing uh, with all of the tremendous voices of Major League Baseball that have been around for a long, long time. So congratulations to Pat Hughes, 100%, absolutely. He's been more than deserving for a long time to get into a Baseball's Hall of Fame. 877-867-1670, hit us up, 877-867-1670. A note from um, uh, Adam McCalvey during the winter meetings in which other teams doled out more than $1.5 billion with a B. To free agents over four days, Matt Arnold, Craig Council, spoke about the challenge of trying to uh, reach the same goal in an entirely different way, uh, saying, quote, in our market, we've realized this is how we're going to have to operate. I don't always find I, I don't always find it frustrating. I think it's uh, the world we are, we're in. I'm good with it. We're good with it. What it means is that our offseason doesn't look like this to other teams and like their off seasons, but that's okay. But I think we've shown and everybody in our organization has shown, we can still find a way to put a really good team on the field. It 1.5 billion. If that, if, if you're a team like Milwaukee, if you're a team like Kansas city, if you're a team like Cincinnati or Pittsburgh, just sticking in the, you know, our own, our own realm. If you're a team in that, that standing, you know, you have got to be unbelievably discouraged at the spending that's going on. Look at a team like Oakland. They got a crappy stadium. They don't make money. 
They have no way. I mean, it's a big market, but they don't have a way to survive out there. The Giants rule, you know. Um, I don't really pity the Marlins because they've just done anything and everything they can to screw that organization up, and they're actually in a really big city in Miami, but they just choose to be completely irrelevant. But you look at some of these other ones, you know, uh, like I mentioned, Pittsburgh, uh, Cincinnati, Milwaukee, Milwaukee specifically. You don't – come on. At some point, if you're, you know, management, you got to push for something, right? Some kind of uh, something limiting the crazy contracts that are going on. And if you're baseball, if you're Major League Baseball and the Players Association, I know you don't want to deter the big giant contracts because that just, you know, high tide raises all ships. But you have to, at some point, understand what the competi- what what's going on with the competitive balance of baseball. And the affordability. It's just, it's, it's it's sitting here as a Brewers fan today or any other small market fan, you're depressed. One and a half billion dollars were spent. You didn't have a shot. You don't have a shot at any of that. That's just crazy. Crazy. And demor- as a baseball fan, it's demoralizing. And it's just another reason that baseball fans, unless, of course, you're in a New York or in L.A., it's it's one just another reason they turn away and go, Psh, Why? Why get excited about it? What what good is there here? And there, I can't argue that. They're right. I can't argue that. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up if you choose to do so. Would love to hear from you. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Another segment left coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have four remaining games on the schedule. Matt LaFleur says the defense needs to reduce the number of missed tackles. How can they improve? Safety Adrian Amos. Go at it every day. I don't think we're a bad tackling team. I think we had a, a bad performance where you get in a lot of situations where you end up in the open field. And uh, any team that has to make a lot of open field tackles are not going to be seen as a great you know, tackling team. So you got to get more hats to the ball. You got to be on our assignments. Although the Packers won 28 to 19 on Sunday against the Bears, Green Bay's defense gave up 409 yards of total offense with 155 yards on the ground. Packers nose tackle Kenny Clark. At this point, right now, I'm just trying to you know put together a great game and you know help our defense you know put together a great game. Uh, Seeing like all year, just everything's just really been a roller coaster. So you know, at this point, I'm just we just trying to just just win a football game and play good football at the end of the day. Despite being five and eight, the Packers still have a chance, a slim chance of making the playoffs. We still in the thick of it. I mean, you know, and we got to we got to just keep just keep playing ball. Uh, you know, keep chopping wood and uh, just get back to work. That's Packers nose tackle Kenny Clark in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. show continues on. Here's something for you, Ben. This is a quirky thing. I got an email from Mark who said I uh, was looking at my local weather app. Have you ever noticed they're all the same? I went off on this the other day. Like, I'm in my car. Yeah, have you ever had that moment uh, of this thought stream that begins to fall out of your own head till you realize you're yelling at yourself? Have you ever done that? Like, just <laughs> Yes, every day. Okay. 
That's my life. I am. I was driving the other day, and I have some of the local weather apps. And it's always the, if you want the best, most accurate. Do you ever notice they all use the same thing? I don't know local weather apps. I, I do have a, a weather app that really is focused on wind and wind strength and wind direction. Um, but that's okay. neither here nor there. That, But it, it's more of an all-encompassing. It, it's no okay. local. Well, I, I, I use weather apps a lot. Uh, I'm kind of a weather freak. Okay, so two things. One is I'm always looking because I'm doing stuff, so I always want to know what it's going to be out be like when I'm out traveling. But more so in the summertime when you're on a motorcycle, you're always looking for the weather. You you want to know what the weather is going to be. And I never really noticed this. I always had used one from a local news network here, and then I downloaded another one. They said it was the most accurate and this and that. And really, they're all the same. And the difference is that not only are they all the same, that the only thing they want you to do is go to the weather app and observe their uh, their podcast or their 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 forecast locally. So, like a couple of them actually put their local forecasters on them, and they say, if you're watching this video, this is what you're seeing, which, if you've ever noticed, is different from the actual weather app. I was just watching one of them today that said, you know, hey, uh, this weekend it's going to be 41 degrees. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to have some mushy snow. You go out to Dodge County, it's going to be more of a winter weather advisory. The further out you get, uh, the worse the, the snow could be. But, you know, like where I live, eh, it's one to two inches of like this mashed potato slush mush that's supposed to start coming down later tonight into tomorrow. And the further south you go, you go to Kenosha down towards Chicago because I got friends coming into town. And they're talking about the drive up. And I said, I don't really think you're going to get a hit with anything. And maybe till you get maybe to Racine County and then it's going to be just some flurries and mush and that's it. Uh, but the weather app that they use is the same one that I have. It's exi- I, I said, I said, pull up the weather app. So he, he pulled it up from Milwaukee and starts reading it to me. It's the exact same thing I have. So his weather app by the television station down there says the exact same thing as what I have up here. So it it uh, I'm, I'm only getting on this because somebody brought it up and they said it's the most misleading thing there is for all the most accurate, most, you know, up to date, blah, blah, blah. It's 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 crap. Download a weather app you like and call it a day. That's about the extent of it. The only difference is is the personalities delivering the video blogs that tell you what the weather is. So whoever you trust the most in your market, that's who you go with. Which is important, but, I will note. Yeah, I agree. I th- this is I don't know why it bothers me so much. It pisses me <laughs> off to no end. I was. Can you just look uh, outside? Yeah, right. You know, I I was on this stream the other day of I can I can drop my pants, stick my ass out the window and I can tell you what the temperature is. And depending on which way the breaking of wind goes, I can tell you the direction of the wind. And if it blows towards me, it's coming from the east. And depending on how fast the smell gets out of the way, I can tell you what the wind speed is. Other than that, I'm good to go. It's all the same. So. I just, I was, I mean, I was like in rare form, you know, and it was, was something where I thought to myself, boy, if I was recording this, this would be great. The problem is it's laden with F-bombs and I could never post it without basically having the company boot me off the air. Hmm. Not that I was posting it on, you know, the website or anything, but it was, it, so a guy brought it up and I just thought I'd give my two cents on that. So there you go. I will say wind <laughs> is only really valuable. Like I, I bet on golf. I, I gamble on golf, so I, I like to go and see the forecast for specific cities to know on Saturday what the right. early morning wave will look like so I know who to gamble on. 
you know, because right. some some golfers can't play in the elements and are soft. Yeah. Nope. I I I, I get your uh, I get your golf. I get your golf passion. I'll call it a passion. Yeah, like aside from that, it's just like, yeah, I'll go outside. You know, I'll okay. see the weather. Just stick your head in the air and call it a day. Yeah. I, I, you know, I always want to know if something's coming that I need to be aware of, you know. Um, but for the most part, it's like, ah, hey, you know, who cares? You know, just just give it to me right. So, as Rick says, they all get it from NOAA, N-O-A-A, the, you know, National Oceanic, whatever the hell it is after that. You're right. They all do. But I, I, I find it funny that my buddy who lives in Ohio, who I'm talking to, I said, what does your weather app say? I said, pull it up. And I said, okay, go to the go to the daily. And I said, and he said, well, it's it's 38 and and mush. I said, okay, let me let me get mine. 38 mush. I said, read it to me. It's the he's in Cincinnati. It's the exact same verb. It's the exact same words. The exact same. From two different, completely, supposedly, two different entities, but it's exactly the same. The most up-to-date and accurate, as we see it from somebody else. There you go. Uh, what do we got coming up tomorrow on a Friday to kind of round out this uh, this Packerless weekend? Well, we'll see what other controversy comes out of the Wisconsin football program. And if, if anything, grad assistants are still tweeting that players aren't wanted. Uh, I know. I like actually, it. all I like the tweets were deleted. There's a big fight of who could delete more tweets calling out the other. <laughs> so I'll be monitoring that situation. Um, okay. I I don't know. Preview the bye week. I, I feel like our eyes are going to bleed Mike Clemens tonight tomorrow? watching the we Rams. Got, yeah, Mike got, yeah, I was going to say, we got Mike coming on tomorrow. We'll watch the, uh, the Rams-Raiders game. We'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe something will happen in the world of baseball here in our own backyard. Who knows? You know, maybe something uh, will happen in Packerland. Hey, um... Is uh, Goody's not speaking again today, right? No. I didn't think so. Question mark. Okay. Just uh, just checking. I don't think just so. Checking. And if he I did, think then so either. I'm terrible at my job. Right. No, I, I'm, I'm, I, somebody had said it over on the, the uh, live stream, and I'm like, I didn't see any of that. And usually we get that sent right to us. And uh, no, nothing there. So. Uh, other than that, we're good to go. By the way, the current top 20 to win the MVP, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then Jalen Hurts, all right there. Just new odds coming out from uh, betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag. And early on, two twenty uh, 2023 Major League Baseball World Series winner odds. Astros back at the top, followed by the Dodgers, the Mets, the Braves, and the Yankees. Um I don't even see the the, the Brewers are uh, Brewers are 18th by the way, 33 to one odds to win a World Series. There you have it. That'll do it. Good stuff today. Really good stuff. We certainly appreciate you taking a listen to us. Thanks for watching over on the Bud Light live stream. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. If I get the house done later today, maybe I'll do a little bit of a a reels walkthrough or something. Who knows? We'll see what happens before it's all said and done. Good stuff. Time for us to go. Have a go and the Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.